Welcome back to the Buddies Podcast, your favorite podcast, my favorite podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Jack Riley with Griffin Young. And today we have our very long awaited guest, the man himself, the savior of all. He's also really old. Jesus! Oh, hell yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. I know we've, uh, this has I- been in the works for a while. Yeah, it's been a month or so. Mm-hmm. I remember. We, um, we know you're you're a busy guy, so like we know you have a lot to do. But it's indeed, just, indeed, and you're it blessing everybody. Yeah, really. Oh, yeah. But I've I, got like two thousand emails that I haven't read just from today. I'm on a clock. Ooh. <laughs> Dude, all I remember is Griffin messaged me. He was like, "Um, Jesus wants to talk to you," and I was like, "Is this an intervention or something? <laughs> like, did I did I mess something up?" And then I go on Snapchat. It's like Jesus wants to be your friend. <laughs> oh my. Well, isn't there? A, there's a TV show that came out. Uh, I don't know how long ago, but it's like uh, Jesus has friended you or something like that. And it's like it's like Jesus friended this guy on Facebook, and it's like that story. Do you guys know? What I'm oh talking yeah, about? yeah. I, I I vaguely understand what you're talking about. I, I can remember that. That's probably how you're feeling, Jack. Yeah, I have no idea what that show is. Okay, cool. But anyway, it's <laughs> I, I really... it's not Jesus though, right? Your name's Ames. My name is yes Ames. All right, so we should call you Ames and not Jesus. I mean, if you want to call me Jesus, I don't, I don't particularly <laughs> mind. But, yeah, so, no, you do you, man. So is this further evidence that the Bible's a lie, considering we just debunked his name's not actually Jesus and his name's Ames? <laughs> I let people believe what they want, man. Like, you, you do yeah. <laughs> so It's a bit of a funny story of how I actually came onto the, the nickname Jesus. I think the first recorded evidence was this one trip to Cancun in, like, 2014 or something like that, back when I was a wee lad of, like, 12. I still had really long hair. Um, and there was this this gentleman who was trying to chat us up at the at the rental department. And he was really pushing this dollar that I looked like Jesus and that was a it was a big deal. I don't know how the hell it got back to America, but people just started calling me that. And I'm pretty sure there's like this secret cabal, this underground I don't know, network. And I just suddenly became Jesus overnight. It also didn't help that one Halloween I decided that would be fun to, to go out to, what what's it called, Johnny Brock's, and uh, and buy a Jesus uh, outfit, and I wore it. <laughs> That's awesome. No pun intended, religiously, for like four more years after that. Well, I'm sure it started with your, it, as soon as it got word, as soon as your friend group got word, it, it spread like wildfire, fire, I'm sure. Yeah, it was, it was a spectacle. <laughs> Certainly. Cause like who who does that? Who goes out and like in robes at like a public school? Nobody does. Like you, you go over to like Koryezu, you're you're literally dead if you do that. Wait wait, you <laughs> wore the the Jesus costume to school? Oh yeah, all the time. Oh, that that explains it. Have to wear pants, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, well, it was, it was weird doing it like the first first couple of times because i was like how the hell are people going to react to this Am yeah i going to get like jumped after school in some alley and then i jumped was like oh, by the, the church goers oh yeah the papacy's after me <laughs> um but yeah no continue sorry jack uh our little segment here brought by jason wagner you want to i was just thinking the same thing so uh, yeah so when we had jason wagner as a guest 
Uh, he told us one of the segments we have to do is we have to figure out our guest's favorite pie flavor. Oh, gracious. All right. Well, I would say, generally speaking, a, a good cherry pie really can't be beat. But Cherry uh, pie. That's uh, right. Yeah, cherry pie is bitching, right? Like, you'll have... <laughs> couple of good okay but there there are three that's that's part of the holy trinity right um so just default cherry pie if i'm down at my grandma's over in texas there's this one recipe we made with apple pie this one time when i was like really little she hasn't really made it a lot since but every time she does make it i absolutely fucking love it it's delicious uh and then when in rome um key lime pie we went down to key west a couple Ooh. of times my uh, my family and um it really does taste completely different when it's made with like actual key limes yeah yeah key lime pie is so good dude it really I is i like, forgot about that on me everyone forgets about that one it's an undercard <laughs> no one expects it dang that okay, is well, first new answer out of, those, <laughs> out of those you gotta pick one out of those three though shit that, that makes it significantly more difficult give us one okay okay sentimental value going on that probably the apple pie that my grandma makes you guys you guys disappointment disappointment oh gracious have i upset your faction i am (laughs) i'm not a big apple pie guy i just i don't like the texture that's fair yeah i I love pumpkin pie though pumpkin pie is so good i i see how i see how it is Okay. Nice. I said before on other podcasts, the safe answer is apple pie. Like that's the go-to, and Jack doesn't agree with that because doesn't like the texture. Yeah. Key lime pie, solid answer. I, I mean, I, maybe maybe that's not your favorite, but it it's an undercard and it's good. Yeah. No, the, the problem is if it's not like from down there, you can't really get a can't really get a good solid read on how good it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. But if you go down there, you go to like um crap what was the what was the bakery's name it was some specific bakery down there they like exclusively do key lime pies i would have to look it up i'll send you guys a link sometime right on <laughs> yeah but Let's it was do. we'll take a trip someday i key west is a completely different world they've got mm-hmm. they've got shit we wouldn't even think about like they're the, the community down there is so incredibly so incredibly close i've noticed that with a lot of uh with a lot of the southern uh states I don't really know how to describe it, but community seems to be significantly more of a, a, of a deal down there than at least yeah. us in Missouri. No, 100% agree. Yeah, but like uh, every Friday, there's like a, a massive, I don't know how you would call it, it's a festival of some sort. I could look it up, but it's like everybody's out there. You've got street performers. You've got people selling shit in, in, uh, in little merchant booths. You've got food, deep fried food. You've got live performances from you know whoever it's ridiculous like it it's lit as shit down there Mm -hmm. also ironically it's not really my story to tell but um my brother and i we were both in the boy scouts i think griffin you were you were in the boy scouts so there was there's this uh there's this high adventure course called sea base and um while my brother was down here i think one of his crewmates got hit on by a gay guy and like it apparently the the ratio of like straight to gay people in in key west is like significantly different than almost anywhere else like you could go well what's a predominantly like go to go to a california town san francisco where a lot of people are openly homosexual like key west will blow that shit out of the water there's a lot of people down there that that have that sort of preference really yeah no it's a it's a pool of diversity honestly i would go there in a heartbeat again if i could for what's so damn hot all the time 
Sounds like you wanna you wanna live there eventually, huh? My father has talked about retiring there, but okay. um, it's a little ways off. I'll, I'll think about retirement when I actually have a job. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before we jump to jump to retirement, what are you doing right now? What's what are what are you, what's going on in your life? What are you up to? Uh, yeah. So um, we we discussed this a little bit before the podcast. I'm sorry if I'm taking up a whole bunch of time, but I'll I'll, I'll sort of just breeze through it right oh, now. This I feel is like, all you. I feel like college right now isn't exactly worth the investment. Like sure, the education is really good. The 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 fact that you have a degree, even if it's a bachelor's degree, it's proven that you have a higher salary. You're more likely to get hired. I I can't remember all the metrics, but I can I can I can link you sources. Uh, but as of right now, what I would say is the problem is that college price hasn't changed with the times that we currently live in. As of right now, I'm pretty sure everybody understands we have COVID nineteen in in the United States. It's a big problem. Whether or not you believe it, we're 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 acting different than we were last year. Uh, we've got different social norms. We've got all this other hoopla that we have to jump through. And if you go to like any college website, you're you're gonna see a completely different picture from what actually is currently going on. You know, you're gonna see a whole bunch of people strolling through the park carrying textbooks, and you're gonna see lecture halls, and you're gonna see. You know grand dining halls and that's that's what i want out of college i want an experience because they market an experience when, when they're trying to sell you college you can get an education from literally anywhere you can go to a community college for all you care it does not change the fact uh that you got a degree in the end so if they're marketing this experience and they're not providing it why the hell am i paying so much that's yeah. personally where I stand right now. Yeah, so college it's- college this year really is not worth it. So so I, I started college last year, so I kind of have both sides of the coin, you know. I, I know oh, what yeah, it's you like when you can wander around and it actually does look like what they market it as. Or it, it's not exactly the same as how it's marketed, obviously, but it's a much closer experience to what they're trying to sell you on than what it is now. Whereas, you know, now... I go, when I go to college, I sit in my, my dorm room with a roommate. My dorm room's half the size of my room at home, and I do everything in there, you know? All classes are online. I, I literally, there's nothing to do now. Um, it's not it's not worth it at all. But yeah. you still, you're still paying for it, though. You still have to pay for it. Yeah. You can't just, like, not go if you didn't want to, you, you know? As... As things have happened and the times have changed, you would have thought that, that the price of college would have changed too. It's not the same as it was. And I think that, that painting uh, painting the picture of college being an experience is a good point. Um, a lot of people, yes, go to college to get a degree, but also because um, when you go to college, it's a, it's an extension of your high school, um, of your high school, meaning that you're, you're gaining experience that's gonna help you in the real world. You know, it's the next step that you have to take in order to to make it to the real world, and it, and mm-hmm. as of right now, how can they how can they expect you to pay that much when you're not getting the same experience as others have had before you? Yeah, precisely. I just I just think that there's too much of a uh, of a deficit, if that's the proper term. Yeah. So you're so you're not in college then right now, or you are still in college but you don't want to be. I have I have a funny story. So senior year last year, I uh, I played the uh, the ever popular game in my life that I like to call. Ames makes the wrong decision and then suffers zero negative consequences. <laughs> um, I didn't apply to any college. 
I didn't even fill out my common app. I don't know why I didn't. I just, you know, didn't. And then, you know, March rolls around and everybody's like, we're locking down. And I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Let's hope this, you know, ends soon. And then it extends into July and everybody's going back to school. And I'm like, wow, that, that seems like a scam. And then I was like, wait, why am I not going to college? Oh, yeah, because I just didn't do the work. So this is actually one of the times where where I make the on paper the wrong decision and it ends up being the right one. So so to answer your question, what I'm doing right now is that um, first and foremost, I want a career in medicine. That that in my opinion is just where I want to go. This is a healer. <laughs> of course, of course. But um yeah, I just I, I was in a professional program in, in my senior year. I fell in love with medicine and I, I was like, I want to do something. The bitch of the problem is that if you want to do something nine times out of ten, actually probably like ninety nine times out of a hundred, you need that degree. Even if it's like a uh, an associate's degree, you gotta have time in school. So I, I was like I took notes this entire fucking year on all these different careers. What can I go into? that doesn't require it and i was i was thinking i was like you could technically go paramedic or a step down which is emt you have to start as emt yeah it's it's uh, like uh and you still have to go to school for that oh yeah no but i'll i found a what is it five week course or four week course yeah it was four weeks where they will teach you everything you need to know in order to be an emt and to pass your state registration exams yeah now keep in mind the regular course for becoming an EMT is six months and they compress that shit down into four weeks it was ridiculously intensive it was like four chapters a night you had tests every week if you failed two you were done if you were absent twice you were out you were kicked out if you didn't do your homework you were kicked out if you didn't know your shit you were kicked out if you didn't show aptitude for any of the stations you were kicked out even if even even with the americans with disabilities act if you proved that you were not physically able to let's just say put somebody on a gurney or a stretcher you'd be out it was super intensive and it was really no holds barred it was kind of fun actually i really enjoyed the experience it was one of the times where i was like all right i've got to really just fucking balls to the wall or I, i just get kicked out so i had to make the decision is this really worth it to me and I made the right one. So at this point, I'm really just waiting to take my uh, my final examination. It's my written examination. Uh, it basically proves that I know what the hell I'm doing without actually showing it. it it's it's a test. That's all it is. Yeah. So you, you're you in school to be EMT or you're doing that, that coursework now? I'm actually finished. I just need to sign up for the test. Okay. And, uh, and complete that and then wait like a week and I should have my state licensure and then I can go out and get a job if I want. Yep. Yeah, that's what my uh, my sister did that. She, uh, I, I think she probably did the six-month course for, for EMT mm. work and then uh, got a job working on an ambulance for a while, but she just moved out recently, so. Uh, Jack's a Saudi's only child. I'm so, I'm so happy I'm an only child. Feels great. Been waiting <sighs> 19 years for this. Oh yeah, me too. My brother, <laughs> when he went off to when he went off to university, I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm alone." <laughs> no, that, that's interesting, Ames, because it it sounds like uh, you know you, 
<clears throat> you got lucky first time around, but now you're kind of bearing down and putting in the work. And it's yeah. interesting that not every other, not every path has to be linear. I think, I think with our education system and our, our world today, everything seems to be pretty linear and there's not much deviation. Hmm. Um, but you're a perfect example of the fact that if you want to do something and, and you want to do it your own way and you put your, you put your head down and go to work, you can do it. You got to trust the process. Yep. For better or for worse, yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, you don't know how it's going to turn out, but it's worth. I mean, if you don't try, you don't know. So yeah, that's yeah. Well, a lot has changed since our last podcast. A segue here. Um, in our lives and in the real world, what it's been a month, Jack. Um, uh, yep. Finals and and school and the holidays and whatever. Um, but. Um, how about this new COVID-19 variant, the uh, new strand of COVID-19 that was originally found in the UK, but is now the first case that has been reported in Colorado as of today. Um, I just want to poop on it and move on. Do we do, is this, well, let me, ask, <laughs> <laughs> let me ask a question. Do we, do we go down the same path? Like, is this going to be another, okay, another, what, what has it been, like, eight months, another eight months of what just happened? Are we going to have another lockdown? Well, is the, is the vaccine effective against it? Uh, they said, I think they said they, they think so, but they're not totally sure. I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's, it's likely. Yeah. But, um, if it isn't, I think we're all kind of screwed. So the, the direct quote, uh, if I can excerpt from this, uh, from this article that you guys sent me, it says here that the vaccines that are being given are thought to be effective. But at the same time, apparently the variant is more contagious than previously identified strains. Yeah. So I think if I read it right, it's 70 more, 70, 70% more, uh, contagious than our current strand that we have, huh. which is scary because <laughs> given how, how contagious this one is, that's, that's not a good sign, but I mean, then again, if the, if the, uh, vaccine works, then I think we're all good and maybe, yeah. maybe the light at the end of the tunnel is coming. I'm sure the vaccine will be uh, at least 50% effective against uh, new strains that develop over the next few months at least. So hopefully we just get those out quick enough and uh, prevent it before it gets too out of hand. Mm-hmm. No, the uh, the vaccine distribution has been pretty impressive. I mean, that's just the last, what, couple weeks. And that's they already, I think the first week they vaccinated a, a million people in the United States, wow. which, yeah given we have 300 and whatever million, but a million people in a week is, is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a conspiracy that I, I developed after hearing of a news uh, article a couple of weeks ago. So basically it was um, the article was about how the dry ice uh, industry is really falling behind because the vaccine needs to be cupped at such low temperatures. So literally the supply of dry ice is just too low for, for a lot of the loads that they want coming in. So my conspiracy is that the dry ice industry manufactured COVID-19 so that a couple months down the line, they would be able to sell tons of dry ice for the vaccine that came out for the uh, virus that they developed. Interesting. Yeah. I've always thought that COVID-19 could be a a government um, government controlled vaccine, meaning that they put it out and they push it out. Maybe it was China, but it's, I'm telling you, it's the dry ice lobbyists. I think it's dry, really. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Speaking of lobbyists here, um, 
the new stimulus check is what signed yesterday or the day before, um, which is supposed to provide six hundred dollars to those that made seventy five thousand dollars or less last year um, as aid during this tough time. But what I think is interesting is the uh, the actual bill is is something like, and I, I should probably look this up, but I think it's like five thousand pages long. And it was completed two hours before it was signed into into law or into act, action, whatever you want to call it. So um, what I'm talking about is pork barrel legislation. <laughs> Think about all this stuff that they could just easily throw in there that no one even knows about um, to benefit different things. Wait, like it's 5,000 pages long? Yeah, exactly. 5,000 pages. And, and it was completed two hours before. So who's – which who, – who's read the whole it, thing? No one. I hope it's double-spaced at least. Good lord, they have to have like Kim Peek on that shit or something. Somebody who can just you know read with two eyes at once. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, but but think about all the things that could be just thrown thrown in there that are now going to be paid by by taxpayers yeah. that the legislators nor us even know about. You know who who's controlling this, who's writing this, and who's the one um, you know pushing this out. What I what I think is interesting is that new uh, or the, the President Trump and. Uh, Democrats want to push out two thousand uh, dollars people instead of six hundred, but it's being blocked by the Senate. Uh, Mitch McConnell, which is a uh, Republican, yeah. I just think it's really interesting that there's a lot going on that we don't really know about, and proves the point that politics are corrupt. Well, I, I agree. The implications of a of five thousand pages of potentially unread material suddenly just signed in like that because of the selling point of six hundred dollars stimulus check that is potentially terrifying. Yeah. I completely agree with that. But um, I I oh, yeah yeah I I don't know we would have to we would have to get something to scroll on that check for like major buzzwords like um I'm sure somebody know, will read it over board. and expose anything that is unruly. Oh yeah, I, I'm sure I'm sure there's a poor muckraker somewhere in New yeah. York who's been tasked with reading that literal doorstop of a book yep. of, a, of a bill. I don't know what it would be called last one the last bill i think uh they like it was messed up because it provided it provided money to people that like died within the past like three years like my grandma got a stimulus check because she made less than seventy seventy five thousand dollars before she died she died like two or three years ago still received a check what um, i don't think that's i don't think that's the case this time around but just goes to show they throw it in there and you don't even know about it that's uh, weird yeah hmm. Well, Ames, a couple questions here for you. Certainly. Um, questions that we always ask our guests on the podcast. Ooh, before we do that, I have one more question. It's, it should be a quick question. All right. Um, what would your walkout song be if you were, like, entering a boxing match? <laughs> oh, gracious. I got to open Spotify for this one. There's just so many. <laughs> See, the problem with music, I, I feel, right, like you have to be able to – you have to be able to trust the person you're talking to, first of all, because like if you're if you're talking to like some snorky music type, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. People, where you're like, oh yeah, I like uh, I. So this, is, this is unironically me saying this. I like Nickelback. Anybody else is like, oh Nickelback. Okay, <laughs> I see. I see where you are. I see what you're doing. People don't even understand why people hate Nickelback. It's, it's horrible. Like you don't. It, it's just a meme at this point, and everybody's like, why? Why do you like Nickelback? He's got some good songs, dude. Yeah, that's the thing. The problem with Nickelback, or that the reason why everybody hates Nickelback, hates, quote-unquote, is because they were a, a product of an industrialized genre. They were like, 
that's just fucking like uh that's that's music that was cranked out in order to sell albums it's sort of like a mm, yeah. sort of like the situation that was happening with eminem yeah like he, he sort of sold out i don't know if that's a if that's a hot take now anymore or, but but basically nickelback was seen as the sort of the sellouts of the rock community but uh if i had a walkout song if i were in a boxing match I gotta, I gotta paint myself as like more badass than I already am. <laughs> That's gonna be difficult. You're Jesus. How can you live up? Like, I mean, come on. You don't have anything else to say. Nothing left. Oh, I. I... It, it would probably be some like uh, some gospel music remix of like. <laughs> and uh... of of my incredibly diverse music tastes, I don't think I have one of those in my in my Spotify playlist. But I'll I'll get back to you. Maybe some like uh, Ave Maria shit. I don't know. <laughs> All right. All right, Griffin, um, take it away. Well, quick question. Follow that up. Well, not really related, but Ames was Jesus a socialist? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um. There's no one better to answer this. So know, socialism, you... just to clarify, socialism is the system of economics in which uh, redistribution of wealth, or is that is that communism? No, socialism is redistribution of of uh, the means of production. I don't know. Um, it's a political and economic theory of social organization which advocates the means of production distribution and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole yeah so no like central power controlling the politics and economy I mean if you look at the 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 state of government in in the setting of many of the in many of the uh, the biblical texts which is primarily you know Jordan uh, Jerusalem, that sort of area. I think what is in modern day Turkey, maybe. No, that's that's the Byzantine Empire. I'm getting my history mixed up. Um, it's okay. We wouldn't know. It was. <laughs> it was mostly. It wasn't monarchy. It was um, autocracy. So I think that the movement yeah. was not explicitly controlled by the by the emperor at the time which was Caesar, but at least in the time of Jesus, I can't speak to the Old Testament. I haven't read that, but um, socialist. I mean, shit, maybe. I, I don't really know how to answer that. I'm sorry. If you're asking for my personal economic opinion, I'm, I'm fucking vanilla basic. I think capitalism's pretty okay. Amen. No, that's all right. I just want wondering- to... <laughs> so Sorry, Jesus if that was a uh, capitalist then. I mean, if it works, I don't know, man. I think it's, I I think in practice or in, in concept, it's a it's a good idea, but in practice and execution, it's very very difficult to pull off on a large scale. It's tough. Yeah, for sure. Like you'll you'll see oh, yeah, communes in the United States that actually work. I don't know if there are any socialist communities, but communes exist and they're relatively uh successful they're relatively popular with some individuals and they work just fine but you can't have the entire united states as, as communists or socialists just doesn't work too many people well i don't want to sit here and grill you on something you don't know but um hopefully you can answer these two questions it's pretty simple we ask our guests every podcast first off what makes a best friend 
Oh, yes, I recall. What makes a best friend? I would say it's something along the lines of mutual compatibility. Because if you're if you're incompatible with your friend, if you don't know, you know, which fucking shoe you guys are talking about, that was a horrible analogy, but if you guys can't start off on the same foot and you're constantly out of sync and you, you don't understand each other, you don't seek deeper meaning, and uh, and your companionship really doesn't doesn't flourish past relative acquaintances and you guys don't really care to uh to explore the intricacies of each other's personality, I don't think there's really particularly uh uh any any chance of best friends but what makes a best friend out well, yeah, of I think, every other i friend? think what you're i think what you're getting at is uh is the there, there's a difference between a friend and a best friend because of the connection that you want to make or immediately make with that person mm-hmm. is that what you're getting at yeah there was a there was a some book that i was reading it went over what's his name steinbeck Sternberg, that was his name, Sternberg. He had a an entire triangle that described human relationships. I think it was um passion, intimacy, and commitment. And mm-hmm. if you have all three of those, in theory, you should have like the perfect marriage. Uh a good best friendship would probably be something like uh intimacy and commitment, in which you are intimate with another individual, not meaning like you you have sexy times. That's passion's job, but um yeah. To be intimate is to be close with someone, to to be able to relate with somebody on a on a on a personal level. So I think the the key difference between simply a friend and a best friend is not only that intimacy component, but also commitment. Oh, and that that's a good answer. I think that leads to my second question: What's the difference between a a friend and someone you have a relationship with? Um, what what's that next step, and what makes the difference? Gentlemen, I'm about to go into personally my favorite social topic, and that is the social contract. Because nobody fucking knows what a social contract is, but we practice using them every single day. So if if I want to go into like the most basic social contract I've ever existed, let's go all the way the fuck back to Mesopotamia, one of the very first civilizations. Ton of humans there, ton of farming, ton of business, laws, power. It was, it was the very first instance of society. But we realized something. We can't all have humans here and not have any sort of fucking ground rules. Any, any sort of general idea of what everybody's about. So, you know, a couple of the, the wealthiest individuals, the people who own the, the biggest grain, or uh, the biggest amount of grain, excuse me, I'm going to burp, it's probably going to be disgusting, give me a moment. Alright, I managed to suppress it, excuse me. Uh, okay, so essentially, if you have a if you have a social contract, it's a it's a an unsigned agreement or an un it's an unspoken agreement. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, within a group of people, to either do something or to not do something. Historically speaking, it's been to not do something. You know, you don't. Oh, jeez, there it is. Excuse me. <laughs> Good one. Thank you. That was like a, a 3 out of 10 in my opinion, but you know, room for improvement. Um, but if you have a social contract, it's basically an agreement uh, within, a, within a people to not do something or to specifically do something. Uh, the most famous example is like, uh, is murder. You know, you don't kill me, I don't kill you. We're all happy. 
and I think social contracts play very well into into friendships and into building relationships simply by the understanding component, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just say, let's just say, Griffin and I are best friends. I mean, we are, of course, you know. Like, yeah, obviously. You know, I go up to Griffin. Let's just say, right now, we're friends. This was before we were best friends, and and, and in some way, without being completely blunt and oblivious to the intricacies of of what's the word I'm looking for here, uh, of gab, whatever it is, you know, just regular everyday chit chat, and I convey to him. Hey, I'm really interested in you as a person. I think that you and I are really compatible on an intimate level. I think we should be able to uh, to commit to each other, to say, you know, I'm about what you're about, you're about what I'm about. We create this social contract in order to have this, this more deep relationship. Sorry, I just talked for like five minutes about some... No, this is good. Stuff. This is good stuff. Yeah, this is deep. But yeah, I would say it's, it's definitely a commitment formed by a social contract mm-hmm. that makes sense a relatively the, small social contract in, in the grand scheme of things but yeah it's probably the the deepest answer we've had on the podcast so i i definitely a fan of it it was a good answer maybe the yeah. most didactic but usually we just get a, a response in the form of well are you piping <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, or, or, that's what you meant by relationship oh excuse me i'm sorry I just avoided that question. Yeah, no. Uh, going back to Sternberg, uh, <laughs> any sort of relationship that that fulfills one, two, or all of these these portions of you know passion, intimacy, and connection. If you guys both agree on that, that's that's the perfect storm. The problem with most modern relationships is that you'll see some sort of disconnect in that. You know, you'll see some people who just want friends with each other, some people who are non-committal. You'll see some people who don't really care about what another person is or who they are. They sort of just don't want to feel lonely. That's unfortunately one of the most prevalent cases. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really a matter of communicating what you want. It's going to be awkward as hell to say, you know, hey, I just want to be like, I, I just want attention. And at that point, it's just putting yourself out there. Yeah. And of course, you have. It's always got the chance to bite you back in the ass when, when the other person's like, "I didn't expect that to be the sole basis of our relationship. I'm not about that. No, thank you." But if you, if you, and, and this is my advice for anybody generally struggling with relationships, it does not hurt you in any more of a capacity to be honest with your intentions in the very beginning than if you just hide it. Like, let, let's take this scenario, right? Like, let's just say. Person A likes person B. Person A sees person B as relationship material. Person B, hold on, I'm getting a call from my dad. Uh, sorry, I can't talk right now. Um, sorry, so person B thinks that person A is a nice person, but isn't really sure what they're all about. Either they can try to make it work, go into more into a more intimate, more passionate relationship, and then inevitably find out down the line they're not on the same page, in which case both parties just wasted a shit ton of time, or you can just get out of the way the awkward exchange of, hey, I want this, and the other person says, no, I would actually like this. You can either compare, contrast, sort of try to compromise, or you can just go your separate way. It literally does not do you any more harm, to be completely clear with your intentions. 
Well, well that's, that's just my opinion. That's no, no. I one hundred percent agree with with everything you just said. Uh, yeah, this phrased perfectly. To, there's a lot to break down. Um, for myself and for everyone listening, would you give us a a short answer? Yeah. Um, in simple, just make sure you guys are on the same page about a couple of things, primarily what you want out of the relationship, what you expect the relationship to be like. Um, it won't do you any more harm to do so. It'll be awkward as hell, and maybe, you know, people will be like, ew, fuck that weirdo. I don't want to talk to him, but... <laughs> no, yeah, that's a good answer. I didn't mean to undercut your uh, your long answer there. I just, I just wanted to... Oh yeah, no. If if people want like a if people want a, a more in depth explanation, they can go back and they can rewind and re yeah. re listen to it. Well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, one last quick thing, Ames. Do you have any other stories you want to share? Um, I'm assuming we've we've talked a while here, and I want to see if you have anything to say before Jack wraps it up. Stories I want to share. Anything else you want to talk about? A really open book Any, here. Anything controversial you want to bring up? Does this podcast have an official rating? No. Um, a plus. <laughs> I was referring more like a from from like a, a G to rated uh, R sort of scale. You can but. just just bring up whatever you'd like to. Just don't incriminate yourself. Is our only advice. Like we like PJ. Yeah. PG PG thirteen is or as long as it doesn't incriminate us, we're fine. PG thirteen doesn't incriminate. That should be relatively easy. Um it's a story I haven't really told a lot of people. Um Good. So yeah, I guess the best place would be just to like lay it out here flat. Um junior year. I went to this uh this I was invited cordially, but I, I had to pay. It was this uh, it was a medical conference is what it was called. It was really just a whole bunch of, uh, of high school students sitting in a stadium uh, with with motivational speakers and, and pioneers and business magnets in the medical field. And we were all – it was apparently a three-day thing. We were up in Massachusetts. It was really fun. I really liked it. We learned a lot. But about, you know, like halfway through, I was sort of over it. And relatively speaking, we had a, a, a friend group, the – the person running the the entire operation, the entire conference, or whatever you would call it, they did a really good job establishing first impressions of the people around us. They wanted to emphasize that, you know, this is more enjoyable if you have people to talk to about it. And since, you know, you've got one dude from Alabama and then the next person, you know, maybe they're from Dubai or some shit. Maybe you want to try to be friends with them. Maybe you want to try to communicate. Maybe you want to try to grow your network. So... Of my friend group of like five or six people, there was a pretty little thing from Florida. I'm not going to divulge much information specifically on her. And we got along really well. And I think like halfway through the second day, we were sort of just like, this is kind of incredibly boring. So we ditched it and we sort of went on a, on a rampage in, in downtown Massachusetts or whatever. So I think the the very first day, all six of us were sort of like in a group. We were like, hey, we should go just get lunch or something. So we all go out to get lunch. And there were these two gentlemen in our friend group who sort of butted heads for, for no specific reason. I think his name was like uh, was Peter and Brian. They, for whatever reason, they did not get along. And there was actually a fist fight 
outside of a Jimmy John's. Ooh. And if I remember correctly, I, yeah, it was it was Brian. He got his he got his shit rocked. He lost his left top incisor. No, 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 no. Canine. Yeah, he lost a tooth. <laughs> and we were like, shit. What do like? We can't. We obviously can't just you know go back to the conference with him fucking missing a tooth. He's gonna be bleeding all over the place. It's a huge biohazard. So we decided it would be a good idea to go into Jimmy John's. And if you're a poor college student and you don't have money, go to Jimmy John's. They sell their bread that they made yesterday for 45 cents. So we bought one. We cut it up and we sort of stuffed his mouth with it until he stopped bleeding. Because there was like no Walgreens or anything like that. It was like four miles away from the fucking uh, from the center. We're like, what the fuck are we going to do with that? So... That was day one. That was pretty fucking ridiculous. Day two was when this. I need a code word for this girl, like a code name. Uh, let's just call her. Ada. It's not even close to a real name. So Ada and I, um, we decided it would be a brilliant idea to go ditch the uh, to go ditch the conference or whatever. We go to a koi pond. I fall in <laughs> while doing this. You, you, what's what's that? What's that classic Ghibli movie? I was walking on one of the one of the handrails of the bridge, yep. and I eat shit, and I fall in the water. And this conference was a semi formal event, so I was in like a fucking suit and tie, and now I'm covered in pond scum. So I had to run back to the hotel, change clothes, and then get back. Now that I'm telling the story, I realize that's really not as entertaining as you know actually going. Sounds like a fun time. It was a fun time. I'm just... Hmm. Well, listeners, if you're still listening, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you once again, Ames, for coming on and being our guest for the first time in a little over a month. And uh, did, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I just wanted to say, you know, thank you, Jack. Thank you, Griffin. This was really fun. I'm really sorry I couldn't be here a little bit longer. I was having a lot of fun myself. It was a blast. Um, plugs. Plugs. Um, you know, stay safe. If you, if you really don't have anything to do, there's no place like home. That's my motto. All right. You know, just stay safe. Um, find something that you love and do something about it. Please, for the love of God, have passion. Have something you want to do. And, um, yeah, think for yourself. That's all I've got, really. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs>